0: Hey everybody, I'm Michael Lobo and I'm here with a uh, very special guest, Imran Siddiqui. Uh, he is the the Director of Council on American-Islamic Relations, right? And um, so I, I wanted to have you on because uh, a video came out recently and, and could you walk us through the video in case somebody hasn't seen it for some whatever reason?
1: Yeah, well first of all thanks for having me uh, Michael, uh, it's a pleasure being here. and so. The video that Michael is referencing is the, um, you know, Facebook live video that local, quote unquote, patriots from from Arizona, yeah. uh, It's sort of become a new tactic amongst these uh, patriot groups to get into confrontations or sort of this guerrilla type tactics um, of you know confronting people. So this uh, duo of of individuals named uh, Tahni Gonzalez and Liz Downhower, um, they decided that they were going to go on an operation to probably the most prominent um, Islamic center in Arizona, which is the Islamic Community Center of Tempe, um, uh, a mosque that I've attended since I was, you know, not even a resident of Phoenix. You know, I've been going there for maybe fourteen, fifteen years, uh, something a place that's really near and dear to the majority of Muslims here in Arizona. So it's obviously in a prominent uh, place on the ASU campus, so mm-hmm. the two two of them decided they were going to go and um, basically record what they were going to do over there, like taking materials from there. They're just spewing just falsehoods and hatred and so on and yeah. so forth. And it was all recorded, but the main sort of, I think, just... We deal with this Islamophobia every day, but the most mm-hmm. sort of jarring thing about that was the fact that they brought kids along yeah. on the trip. And not only were the kids there just in tow, they were actually active participants in sort of perpetuating uh, the hatred towards towards uh, Islam and Muslims and other marginalized groups as, as well. So the video went viral, um, you know, uh, across social media. So there's been pretty, pretty big response after that.
0: Yeah. And then... Some of the thoughts that were going through my head, because um, I'm am a preschool teacher, and there's definitely an uptick in um, hate crimes since uh, this guy won uh, the presidency, and it, I noticed with my students, you know, when the election was happening and it was uh, Hillary and Trump, um, I had a it was mainly Hillary's uh, kids uh, supporters, but there were a couple of Trump kids and. You you really see the influence of of the parents on the kids, and it, it was I was and I'm I'm a new dad. I my my kid is um, six months old, um, and to see that it now that kid has this hate in their mind and in their hearts. Yeah. And um, what was some of the the thoughts going through your head when? you were watching this video
1: yeah i mean for those who are unfamiliar with uh our organization so care is the largest uh muslim civil rights and advocacy organization in america and so i run the arizona chapter of care and so essentially we deal with this stuff on a daily basis Uh, you know you are watching how hate is manifesting itself across Mm -hmm. society over the past you know 20 25 years and one of those components is how it impacts children, how bullying is this is this learned behavior, and you know it hits close to home um, here in Arizona. We're in one of the most diverse places in America. You have people of all colors, you have uh, people of all cultures, and you know speaking different languages. But then again, we're also in one of the most polarized places in America, yeah. even though we're living in probably the fifth largest city. In America. So this is an extremely politically polarized place. And you see that manifesting in front of your face, um, you know, on almost a daily basis. And so with children, uh, even my children, you know, my, my kids are, are third generation now. I mean, I was born and raised in, uh, you know, the deep south, basically, uh, my parents came here during the mid 60s. I've had portions of my family that have been here since the mid 1950s, you know, when Jim Crow was still oh, uh, alive in the U.S. So uh, we have deep roots in the U.S. And um, at the same time, you know, I'll have kids in my uh, in my children's schools saying that using the word immigrant as an epithet uh-huh. uh, to to my my kids or you know to other kids of color, and this this is learned behavior, you know, um, and now in... 2018's connotations the word immigrant is supposed to be an epithet that other kids are used to sort of put over uh put themselves over other children really you're not uh everybody's an immigrant yeah. at some point at some point or another uh, unless you were an indigenous person or you were brought here mm-hmm. on slave ships um so so yeah i mean really what was most troubling about the the videos there is that you're actually seeing this hate unfold in real time you know you see yeah the the parents conditioning the children using this type of hatred and then the kids are mimicking it back and it's really you see the innocence of the children in the video as well you yeah. know they're they're walking around they're just trying to like you know play around and run around the parking lot and then the mothers are sort of bringing them back into into the hateful fold you know oh we're gonna wipe poop on these uh items from the mosque oh yeah. you know this is disease don't touch that muslims you know with halal meat you know muslims uh Um, have sex with goats and the kids are like responding back with this with this just utter nonsense it's just it seems as though ignorance is is at a premium right now
0: yeah and especially with the the leader of the country it seems like every day is a brand new thing attacking some group of people or some person um based on almost nothing and, and stereotypes and um so then after the event well actually those two ladies showed up at a Bernie Sanders uh, event,
1: was yeah. that right? Yeah. So yeah, this is a there's a larger movement of people. So there's something called the Arizona Patriot Movement, who's mm-hmm. really I think they've they're a loose sort of configuration of just some local you know right far right activists who have decided that they're going to get into these confrontations with anybody that they deem enemies of of uh, Trump. So we saw this. Uh, as early as last November, um, mm-hmm. at our banquet, and we had 600 people, you know, from the Muslim community. We had allies, we had elected officials, lots of people there at our last ba- banquet uh, in November, and um, we got word that there's going to be a group that's going to be protesting outside of our of our banquet, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it turned out to be this Arizona Patriot Movement, and these people are just spewing just utter you know nonsense hatred you know you know like as children are walking by their uh and these were not the same women as in the video but this is sort of people from the larger umbrella movement you know like oh do you do you like your genitals you know muslims cut off your genitals you know like uh, muslims are are taught to you know uh do this and that and so on and so forth and your religion teaches people to hate and this is little kids who are who are forming their their impressions of, of what people uh, yeah. in the outside community are really are really talking about here and so yeah it was jarring you know there's some argument there's some articles in the, in the paper in new times about about what happened there but this was sort of i think the beginning sort of phases of that and then uh, a couple of people the same sort of group of people tried to actually storm into our office um, earlier this year a couple of times. They did this using Facebook Live, you know, they're carrying weapons. Constantly during these uh, during these videos as well to try and sort of intimidate. Nobody was at our office at the time, but we saw the Facebook live video and yeah. you know made sure that you know police were informed and so on and so forth. And really, it should not be that way. it Should not be a, a, a place where you're getting into these types of confrontations. What I call it is the intersection of gun culture and Islamophobia. And so then we have the incident that took place, um you know, on March for, uh, March fourth at the mosque. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, it came to our attention uh, a few weeks later after, after the actual confrontation. And then there's actually a Muslim American who's running for um, U.S. Senate uh, in Arizona. And she was also, you know, she's become sort of this uh, uh, effigy for this far right. Movement to to sort of go after that you know Muslims are trying to spread Sharia law and so on and so forth. So we're gonna just you know make life you know very difficult for this candidate and try to silence her and try to really turn people against her. And that's really and so they confronted her and you know that was actually I would say in many ways even more disturbing than the uh, than the mosque video because the kids were there in that video as well. Um, But there was a, a small a small child. Who was in that video as well? Maybe 11, 12 years old, and um, this Tani who recorded the video just started calling all types of you know epithets, and you know, oh, you're crying, and you know this and that, and just basically stalking the child and the mother with with uh, with the camera, and really you know becoming very confrontational and 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 violent toward towards them as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's sort of just a signal of of a larger troubling trend.
0: Yeah, and then. What's really strange is um, with, with the far-right in particular, they're so, they claim they're so loyal to the Constitution and America, but one of the, the pillars of America is the, the freedom of religion. But yet they, they have some sort of anger to anyone else who don't believe in um, their certain kind of religion. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's very strange. Yeah,
1: I mean, one point that I would make is that, you know, like this type of Islamophobia is not new. It's been, we've been dealing with this, you know, even pre 9 11, but, you know, we saw some spikes post 9 um, 11, you know, in terms of collective blame and targeting, you know, not only Muslims. You know, when we talk about the term Islamophobia, it not only affects Muslims, it affects um, all types of people of color. So Sikhs, um, you know, the first person that was actually killed in a hate crime post nine eleven was a Sikh from Mesa, Arizona, Belbir Singh Sodhi. And, you know, in fact, South Asians, Arab Christians, you know, just people who are perceived, it's a perception issue. And so, um, so this has been going on for, for quite some time. And but really, I think Trump has sort of helped coalesce a lot of these people yeah. under one umbrella so that's really one one area where you know I think for all of Bush's flaws and his war crimes and all that, that those types of things Trump really has been somebody at the highest positions who's just take who's just thrown out all of like the you know formalities of, of you know what hate is and what hate is and he's really amplified that from the largest platform that, that sort of existed and so um, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's made things a lot more troubling. Um, you know, this it's sort of an anti-intellectual movement where you have the Bill of Rights right in front of you, so you have yeah. the freedom of speech, you have the freedom of assembly, you have the freedom of religion. But then when it comes to s- certain religions, you know, you, they're they're not apparently welcome here according to these people. So you have to pass some some type of litmus test, you know, as to how American are you? Um, you know, and the reality is um islam and muslims are not foreign to this country which these people try to portray Um, muslims have been here since the very first slave ships landed uh here in the 1600s up to one-third of the slaves from africa were actually uh from the muslim faith you know some of them lost their religion over time you know through um you know their conditioning or just being separated from from community their family and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth but realistically speaking, that is when, you know, the the first Muslims were here in America. And then when you talk about the immigrant community, you had Muslim Americans, um, you know, Muslim immigrants from places like Syria and Lebanon since like the late 1800s, for example. Um, yeah. you, you have people from, you know, like I mentioned, my family, for example, since the 1950s and 60s. So. This ha- this is a this is a myth a trope that that exists amongst these people that this is some new wave some new religion that's being yeah introduced in, into the Islam but you you know Islam has been very much the fabric of of U.S. history you know you have Muhammad Ali you have Malcolm X you know all types of figures yeah. who have been integral you know essential pieces of American history
0: yeah and with I with all that um, the hate that comes from it I I heard about this study that was done where they found that humans, for the most part, respond more um, when they're afraid and to more dangerous images. They showed them a bunch of images and they, they recorded how their body reacted. And so it, it's proposed that, you know, if you really want to get people going, you fearmonger. monger. You, you throw all these things that, oh, this, these type of people are dangerous, this type of people uh, will come and get you whatever Um, and that will get a reaction and it seems that Trump is good at that at saying and spinning whatever lies he wants to come up with um, or that's been around and and it seems to be working unfortunately with people and then it's just it's
1: getting passed on um, yeah I mean Trump uh, you know the Trump era is basically the bitter fruits of the seeds that were planted you know, sixteen, seventeen years ago, because when you have negative things happening, let's say like a nine eleven, for example, um, mm-hmm. the you know conventional wisdom would tell you that you don't engage in collective blame or mm-hmm. you know scapegoating a certain group or u- utilizing you know fear and division in order to. Uh, further things for your political purposes but we see that history took a very much, much different course you know I mean you know hatred for for Muslims and and people of all different colors has has is as unfortunately as American as apple pie um, that's yeah. that's you know when we look back throughout the you know linear history of of let's just say the last 150 years for example you had you know, Chinese Americans were were the the ones that were that were looked upon as being you know the rapists and the the drug dealers and so on and so forth. When the railroads were being built here in the in America, and you know in 1882 they had something called the Chinese Exclusion Act, and um, it was just a temporary measure according to um, you know the elected officials at that time. And we we're just gonna see what was going on here, and how long did that stay on the books? That was on the books until about 1943, um, and what happened in 1943? Then Chinese stopped being the scapegoats, and then Japanese started being the scapegoats. And so you saw Japanese internment camps. Yeah. These were all Americans, these were yeah. uh, US citizens who had their um, belongings, their families broken up, you know, they were just put into to cages basically and, and suffering inside of concentration camps in places like Arizona, California, yeah. and beyond that. And then you have um, you know Cointel Pro and you have the, the, the history of the Jim Crow movement. So there's always been this this tendency to assert collective blame on a larger group of people and you know this is, is this holds very true with Islamophobia as well. There's been ample chances from the left and right wing of american politics to distance yourselves away from this type of issue you know when it comes to the jingoism uh behind wars for example when you're going out and uh bombing you know muslim countries but like for some democrats you know even hillary for example they they said okay i need to be tough on foreign policy so i'm gonna go out there and and support things like the iraq war for example and What exactly did Iraq have to do with 9-11, for example, and how many people have died in the aftermath of that war, for example? You know, millions of people are probably dead, the creation of ISIS and just perpetuating a larger issue. Um, You know, and the right wing, you know, I would say, rhetorically speaking, is a lot more responsible, I would say, for their silence on, you know, facing down hate and and bigotry and, and condemning it, it's basically been a wave that a lot of these people have been able to ride upon. So, leading up to this 2016 election, every single candidate who was who was vying for the GOP nomination was riding a wave of Islamophobia. Ted Cruz yeah. was was openly saying that I don't know if the desert can globe, but we're really gonna find out. You know, like he he, he just wants to go out <laughs> there and bomb bomb the hell out of of you know, Iran, Iraq, whatever you yeah. whatever you want to do. You have Marco Rubio engaging in the same type of, you know, guilt by association. He even said that Islamophobia didn't even exist. You know, oh, you know, like, what? there's not really an Islamophobia problem Then you have. You know, Trump is just the most sort of open about it, the most brash about it. And, you know, unfortunately, he, he got the most momentum out of all of them. Um, in 2015 you know when once he announced his candidacy you started seeing a really sharp correlation between yeah. hate crimes and and uh you know when he spoke about these these issues you know like terrorist attack like um you know san bernardino or um the paris attacks you know this wasn't because you know some people from muslim heritages or background did these things it's because of the fans the fanning of the flames that they came up after that and ever since yeah. then um there's been a very you know trump-esque stamp on a lot of these hate crimes you know like mosques are being vandalized with with uh trump look. i mean trump spray paint yeah. you know people invoking trump you know go back to your country when they're they're harassing people of not only muslim heritage, but all types of people of color. So it's really, really uh, a troubling trend that exists.
0: Yeah. And then it, it's strange with, uh, especially with the the shootings that have been happening, when it's uh, a person of color or it happens to be a Muslim person, they really go in on that and say, oh, it's this group of people, that's why. But when it's a white person, he's troubled, he's challenged, and it, how it's spun right. is i think it's disgusting because right it's not fair
1: yeah it's it's um and it shows like you know the the most recent example would be the austin Mm -hmm. uh bombings you have a series of bombings in uh, a major u.s city the victims in this case were mostly black or people of color Mm -hmm. and you don't see the fear button being pushed in this Uh on this issue you know like it there was not really a sense of panic that was being pushed forward by by the media whereas you have something like you know let's say a guy goes down the street you know yelling allah akbar with a machete or something like that uh you know you'll see the new york daily news or you know uh new york post being like oh the face of terror and so on and so forth both of them are obviously horrific things you know it's it's scary but at the same time the media and elected officials know that that you're going to get more clicks and you're going to get more more traction by Mm -hmm. invoking this 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 fear and this existed during the bush years you saw um the level orange terror alerts you know okay we're 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 yeah. re- reducing the the fear level from from orange to yellow and okay no it's back up to orange because it's christmas time. So then you're you're constantly sort of conditioning people to have this this sense of fear. And so yeah, I mean that has a psychological effect on people. And so I think a lot of these people who you're seeing like in the videos uh here and like amongst these these patriot movements, they they believe that they're really in some type of existential war that they're yeah. um, they're fighting a, a battle between good and evil between America and you know the Antichrist or whatever, and so they're willing to go out and do whatever it takes to protect whatever ideals that they're that they're willing to do and so in the cases of what we've seen in Arizona, thankfully, nothing has violently unfolded yet but we've seen in the case of Quebec City uh, there was a mosque where a trump supporter by the name of alexander Bissonette actually walked in and opened fire killing six people that is basically every not only muslims worst fear any you know Sikh or hindu or people of from marginalized community i mean you can even look at the black american community with what happened with dylan roof you know mm-hmm. like these types of real threats exist now and we have to really examine what's you know the safety of our communities and and what what these real threats are. But at the end of the day, white terrorism is not necessarily uh, uh, labeled as a threat. Right, right. Um, I want to go back to the uh, the
0: Senate candidate. Um, well, actually, let's go. There was an event held after the the videos came out at the community center. Uh, Could you just talk a little bit about that? It was the Love and Coffee right? It was called.
1: Yeah. So I mean, with Z, we're We've always been really involved with um, coalition work, with the interfaith movement, with allies, and and people who are willing to to, to come out there. And and you know, we su- we support one another whenever a community is targeted. So it doesn't matter if it's Muslims, whether it's J- Jewish people, whether it's Christians, um, you know, Dreamers, um, undocumented community. We're gonna be there when people are targeted, and so we have a, a good. Network of people who who've always been there and you know really wanting to to build with community and be there for for us when when something happens. So in the aftermath of of these videos, you know, we have a platform called Hate Hurts. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a website, HateHurts.net. We encourage you to check it out. But we've started trying to shed light on these issues and and make these issues sort of go viral and you know luckily for this this specific story because of the the fact pattern that was there the fact that there were children involved i think that's what made it go viral and so you you started seeing a lot of people reaching out to us from amongst the interfaith community saying what should we do you know should we uh should we have some type of of get together prayer circle or something along those lines but nothing was really materializing and i think these things are good, you know, these types of shows of unity are good, but at the same time, I wanted to change things up a little bit, you know, change the complexion of it, you know, we want to sort of move beyond it, and one of the ways to do that is to bring people together using, you know, food and coffee, for example, so my my business on the side, uh, aside from my full-time job, is I own a coffee shop as well, so, um, you know, we that's a resource that I have in my disposal. So I figured, okay, well, let's, let's, uh, you know, just bring a bunch of coffee out to the mosque. Uh, you know, my sister-in-law bakes pastries for my, for my coffee shop. So I was like, can you put together some like mini, uh, mini sweets for, for, uh, a gathering, um, uh, three days from now. she said, sure. You know, she was out there baking, baking all night. And so we sort of started building up this, this event organically. And, you know, um, uh, a lot of people showed up. Uh, we got about two hundred people who showed up at the mosque um, on Saturday. Uh, it was last Saturday uh, morning for an event that was called Love and Coffee. And so really, the spirit behind that is just bringing people together, um, you know to to just talk about what happened, talk about how our community is stronger than it was two people, you know a lot a lot of people don't understand that like, yeah the, there's a lot of hateful people that exist, but they represent. A very small minority of people and like we need to show what the true numbers are the people in society that are going to come out and have the backs of the community and 200 mm-hmm. people plus showed up and we had elected officials uh like athena Salman, and juan mendez we had somebody that's running for uh tempe's uh city council we have other elected officials that were there as well we have pastors from different denominations we have muslims christians jewish people showing up just showing love and solidarity so just like you know it it was it was high energy you know if it was just like you know just a a simple sort of prayer circle it sort of gives like a somber sort of mood with this it was more like it felt like a a rally you know like we were chanting you know like it was it was really just positive energy and You see the diversity of the Muslim community there as well. You have black, white, you know, Asian. You have Arab. You have all different different races. So it gives a lot of people who may not have had interactions with the Muslim community, like you know, it it sort of opens up your eyes as to like what the Muslim community is about. And our mosques, that's one point that the chairman of the Tempe Mosque said, is like you know they're acting as though in the video like this place is some type of you know secret or it's closed off from yeah. from society like this mosque is open to you we want you to visit the mosque you, we want to meet with you we want this to be like an open uh you know center for for people of all faiths or no faiths to come in and visit us so really positive um uh outpouring in that uh in that event there so i'm really happy that we were able to put that together
0: yeah and I, I noticed one of the the big themes at the event was um, sort of still showing love for your your fellow human being. And this is something I struggle with because I get pretty ticked off when someone's throwing a uh, hateful speech around or they're just saying some ignorant stuff. And so I wanted to ask uh, you personally, how do you keep that idea? How, how does somebody just not um go off on somebody just saying stuff because i i find it really hard to to maintain that control
1: yeah it's 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 difficult to find that balance um because like i mentioned earlier it's it's such a polarized place that we live in especially here in phoenix this time it's like you're either on this team or you're on that team you know it's Uh like tribalism and jingoism and and so on and so forth and it, it becomes extremely it becomes very toxic and very very difficult to to sort of maintain that. So it's not as though we're gonna just look beyond what happened um, with that with that video with that hateful presentation you know that was put out there uh, to get basically likes and shares for these people's Facebook live. You know, like it was a violation of the sanctity of a house of worship. It was mm-hmm. a violation of the rights of. Of Muslims, it was um, you know a brazen thing. We look back to 2015, where there was an armed mosque protest um, at the Islamic Community Center of Phoenix, and that was really what I call the intersection of gun culture and Islamophobia. So, like on one hand, we have to shed light on these issues. We have to make sure that people know that this is currently an acceptable norm within one sort of branch of of american ideology that exists right now and for that that is unacceptable we have rights as american muslims uh and all religions to worship freely and to express ourselves freely and if those rights are are uh, trampled upon you know there's going to be consequences to pay and thankfully those people were arrested and they're charged with felonies and so i don't wish to see them like you know get the max or maximize their time in prison but at the same time it should be a message for these other groups that are out there is that you're not going to mess with our community or any community i mean that includes the tempe community uh, includes the phoenix community includes all of our allies together and so showing that really like i think that spoke volumes to the people out there. Like a lot of these people think that Muslims are like on this island, you know, that we're isolated from the rest of the U.S. Yeah. and that we have no, um, you know, no allies. Like I mentioned, you know, we're these newcom newcomers that have just shown up and popped uh-huh. up in America in the last four or five years or something along those lines. So this spoke volumes, you know, like okay, you're walking around with impunity and you're you're you know spewing this hatred this falsehood you're gonna like get revealed through the use of social media the same means that you were using to try and shame our community okay now it's it's in the open okay this is this is what's there see if it's it's acceptable you know and it's obviously not acceptable because yeah. tens of millions of views later these people are you know, have now <laughs> yeah. deleted their social media and they're, they're they're completely off the wall so i think that's helped sort of Made this patriot movement back up a little bit, and, you know, rethink what their positions are because even they are condemning them and they're saying, "Hey, we're we're not affiliated with these two, you know, they were off on their own. We're we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that." So I think some constructive things come out of that, but at the same time, like you know, we gotta like if we work together from a an interfaith and you know um, ally perspective, we can help ensure our communities are safe. It's not going to just be Muslims working at it alone to ensure the safety of our community it's not just going to be dreamers who are working alone to ensure the the safety of their communities you right. know like where there's influence you know like for the white american community you have influence you have the privilege of going out there and and influencing your elected officials to stand up and and condemn this this hatred that's this taking place against any community and so i think that's really an important lesson that has to be learned with that we have to come up with it's good to come together and like have positivity but we also need to come up with constructive solutions because really we do live you know we see with all these we average a mass shooting almost daily now yeah. um, and safety is a real issue here so we have to come up with constructive issues to keep uh, to keep our community safe
0: right and with the the elected officials um, the the Senate candidate she's a, a Muslim woman right mm-hmm. how important is it to have people uh, with similar backgrounds, because when you look at, say, the Senate or uh, anywhere, it's it's pretty white. So how how important is it to see um, when you look
1: up, you can say, oh, that's I can relate to that. Right. Representation matters, as yes. as as uh, the saying goes. And so, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the tropes that exists with the far right is that. Why don't Muslims assimilate and and do this and that and the other? Why mm-hmm. don't they assimilate to our, our culture? The problem is when a Muslim tries to get civically involved, you know, let's say have a Muslim day at the Capitol or run for uh, school board or run for uh, state house or run for senate or whatever, without fail there's going to be a calculated attack against that person that mm-hmm. will try to smear... This person's uh, Americanness to authorize them to to take away their agency and to basically uh, you know derail whatever whatever campaign they have and so that is that goes across the board throughout the U.S. I've seen this happen in California for things like city council. I've seen it happen on school boards. I've seen it happen for other races, and it really doesn't happen with any other religious group or any other. Um, Ethnic group that, that exists out there, but if you're like uh, a Muslim American, you're you're bound to get you know this type of hatred and sort of otherization that exists out there, and so it's important that somebody like deidre is coming out there and um, mm. you know making the effort to to run the campaign, you know, and she's she's you know a strong a strong-willed person, you know, she's uh, a, a form, uh, uh, an attorney she's you know not somebody who's timid who will back down and who's who's gonna stand up so she's breaking a lot of a lot of stereotypes as to what exactly a muslim american is and even beyond that i mean and she's she's doing great as well but you have you know somebody like ilhan Omer from uh, minnesota who spoke at our last uh last year's ramadan night for civil rights event she's The first Somali-American woman who's been elected to public office. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she's part of the State House of Minnesota with a rising star over there and has passed a bunch of of great legislation over there. This was simultaneous to Trump saying that Somalis don't do anything good for American society and that refugees, she's somebody who came here as a refugee and who's now an elected official Mm -hmm. in Minnesota. Um, And so it's important to have people like this who are getting out there and and running. And there's been a chilling effect over the past 10, 15 years. You've had Muslims who have been running for office in different places, but I think it's a little bit of a frustration that people have to get over because you know you're going to be attacked. You know you're going to have your name dragged through the mud even though none of these people have anything tied. Um, And so... But that's sort of a uh, reality that we have to contend with as Muslim Americans, you know when we're putting our name out there into the public sphere, is that you're going to have your name dragged through the mud and so the hope is that people will continue to keep running you know and and uh it'll it'll start people winning as well um you know like a Sudanese refugee who was elected in the Iowa State House, you have you know tons of Muslims who are who are being elected all over the u s so it's it's positive i mean it's good it's good f- for um you know i wrote like after my first child was born like can my son ever you know can can a muslim ever become president this was during the obama era and you saw like how rampant racism and islamophobia was during that time you know oh he's a secret muslim as though it was an epithet Uh, you know like you know they basically projected muslimness onto him and so but if my sons see like now that you have people like you people from this muslim american background who are getting out there who are running and who are thriving and who are being elected it's it's going to be positive I mean that'll show people from our community that there's no glass ceiling over your head
0: yeah with um the because it was on Facebook live and the it seems like social media just exploded like for the past few years with with Facebook and Snapchat and stuff like that do you see uh social media and how things are just are so instant as um as sort of a weapon of ignorant people uh, or as a as a
1: tool that could be used yeah it's it's um, definitely something that that I think about a lot because basically in this era that we live in you can create your own bubble of ignorance Um, you know like Facebook you can Facebook will basically cultivate the news for you based off of what your biases are at this mm-hmm. point in time. So if you have, uh, you are a Trump supporter, you believe that you know undocumented people should all be deported. If you believe that Muslims are all a threat to humanity, you believe that um, you know whatever all these type of conspiratorial type deals. You can have this cultivated news feed and you'll only receive that type of thing based off yeah. of what you like frequently, what you want to see, the promoted videos that they'll send into your news feed. And it's just a sort of a self-perpetuating thing. I mean, even though the social media networks have, to an extent, addressed fake news, like, it's it's so far, like, you know, so, you know, far gone in, in society and so pervasive that... You can't really deal with it. It's it's just growing at at an, uh, a massive rate, and so and that has a negative effect on things. You've seen like what happened with like the PizzaGate situation, where people yeah. like you know the Infowars, Alex Jones types just keep hammering home the fact that there's like you know some type of uh, you know. Whatever Hillary Clinton is running some type of child porn scheme out of a Comet Pizza in, yeah. in Washington D.C. and somebody goes out there and they start opening fire at at that pizza joint. Um, people say that X Y Z Mosque is a is a hub for for training terrorists. So somebody is inevitably going to go and like try and do something like these ladies did or something even worse. So Twitter and Facebook, even though it's extremely effective for the work that we do, you know, and getting the word out and helping fight hate. Um, it's also so pervasive on those on those mediums that like ignorance is all is is becoming a norm within this with, within this new movement. There's sort of this this uh, anti-intellectual movement. You know, you have people in the in the wake of mass shootings talking about, oh, we don't need to take away guns or, or have <laughs> any type of gun control. Yeah. We need to teach kids CPR. So if their kids are if they're yeah. a fellow. Friends are being shot in the school. They know how to operate on them and maybe save their lives. So you're not solving these problem. People yeah. are perfectly com- comfortable just shooting out this nonsense on a daily basis. And it's really, it's eroding on the credibility of our country as a whole.
0: Yeah. Or even give the teachers guns. Give <laughs> the teachers when guns. I, I, saw that, I was like, don't give
1: me a gun. What the hell? Yeah. I saw a school in Pennsylvania that is giving like river rocks to the the children so they can just start throwing rocks at a at a mass shooter and this is just it's we're living in the the theater of the absurd at this point yeah, pretty much and it's it's such a weird with with Trump getting
0: elected and all these these hate crimes happening it I feel just super depressed. I'm like man we're we're going down a, a shitty hole but then you see these other these other beautiful things happening, like um, elected officials becoming more um, uh, black and brown people winning these elections or even running. And then you have things in media changing, even with, with Hamilton having rap music or Black Panther having an all African-American and black cast. So that it's this weird battle, it seems like, for diversity and ignorance. And it just it is what you said, depending on where your bubble is, which I, I kinda don't like that with, with Facebook how it feeds you stuff. I liked when it was just random with random things and then you could choose to read it. But we have everything on our at our fingertips. And it's still people are, are saying these these things that well these type of people are, are rapists or these people are terrorists. And it you could just look it up just find it but then again you're stuck in your your echo chamber your bubble
1: right exactly it's it's that's the the main issue that we have to deal with during this time and we just got to continue to do the work um you know like i think it just presents a larger challenge in front of us um you know in terms of just how
0: how pervasive things are and how widespread they are and how
1: fast they can spread throughout society so then you know we just have to we have to build up our networks of, of like-minded people and, you know, counteract the hatred and counteract the the false narratives out there with, with you know, credible news, credible uh, reports. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. pr- part of why we created the Hate Hurts campaign is that, you know, it started as just a tracker for um, for hate crimes posts like San Bernardino and like all that. And it was... I'm pretty active on Twitter and my Twitter feed sort of became a de facto hub of information about what hate crimes have been taking place again, you know, in that week, you know, against Muslim Sikhs and anybody who's perceived against as being Muslim. And we've sort of uh evolved that that role as as into an educational tool so producing like videos um, to to educate people on what exactly happened. So like in this Tempe mosque video, we Cut it, cut it up and sort of, like, loop together the three videos of, of these these folks harassing people and what they've been doing and tying them in with the larger movement, you know, making videos uh, as to what Islamophobes are in, you know, the administration right now. A lot of people yeah. don't understand, like, how structural bigotry works. So we got to develop our own educational tools and u- utilize social media to try and spread this, you know, because... That's the biggest thing you know you have you have the media as well that a lot of times is not responsive to this this type of stuff. you know if you have a white mass shooter, they're going to get less coverage um, you know uh, one third less coverage than than a brown or black mass shooter as well. So we have to sort of have a push strategy of of getting that information out there and making sure that credible information is is disseminated, yeah. Um, So
0: we we end every episode with uh, just a few random questions. And it was was pretty tense, heavy stuff we talked about. Um, So that's what we're going to do.
1: What are some small things that make your day better? Small things that make my day better. I mean, just like the small wins in terms of what we do with... With civil rights, um, you know, like the the fact that we were able to do the love and coffee event was it was a great thing. I mean, you know, you, you got to find we deal with hate so frequently and so so you know on such a deep level, it's, it's a little bit difficult. But like being in the coffee business, that sort of is the the balancing out of, of all that negativity. So all the interactions generally are negative in the civil rights world. But when you're dealing, you know, with coffee, you know, it's it seems like race and and religion go out the window and you're just trying to make the people happy. Yeah. so you really see like okay this is what society could be like if you just you know if everybody could just like take politics and throw it out the window yeah
0: yeah and uh, my wife says this um it's kind of a beautiful idea and i thought of it while you were talking uh eating is a really intimate thing you could do with somebody right. eating sharing coffee and so that, that that was a
1: great idea with with incorporating yeah. it um what's your ideal weekend Ideal weekend is probably just you know chilling with the family you know trying trying to get back into this this life of civil rights and and you know fighting hate a lot of times you're you're up and running putting out fires here and there so the fact that you know just being able to relax you know hit up the gym you know uh, I just got back from Rocky Point Mexico this, uh, oh, for nice. my kids spring break so that was that was a good break you know from from reality being being away from the office and sort of the hateful environment for a few days you know got to take my kids on ATVs and jet skis Ooh. and so that was that was a fun experience for yeah. them it was the first you know they're getting a little bit bigger now so they're able to enjoy that type of stuff so that was really really uh you know rewarding trip
0: nice that does sound fun uh, and the last one is uh, do you have any because I'm a new dad and it sounds like your your kids are older yeah do you have any advice for a brand new dad that you kind of
1: wish someone told you while you were going through it yeah i mean it's 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 uh, my oldest is is going to be 12 this year and i have one that will be 10 and then one that will turn six so three boys but um you, you just got to be patient um I, I i'm you know somebody who tries to choose my battles with uh with the with the kids it's gonna be It's going to be difficult they're going to try and push your buttons every now and then and then technology is another thing you know like kids nowadays are are so much more advanced technologically they can operate like ipads and phones and you know program (laughs) basically everything now so you just gotta you just gotta live in the moment you know like i guess uh you know not not uh get those kids too too addicted to those devices you know like have them appreciate nature a little bit more what's out there we're in a beautiful place here in arizona you know getting out there hiking and Mm -hmm. you know taking them all these different places i think that's really something that um i'm glad i've been able to do that with my kids you know my hope is that we're going to be able to do that more so i would say you know like less devices and then more you know nature
0: yes definitely
1: i i could already tell with uh my
0: six-month-old um, we'll, we'll sit with him. We're watching TV, and he'll have his toys, and we we turn his back to the TV. But now he's figured out what that sound is, so he's always looking for it. Or if our phone is just happens to be out, he won't look at his toys anymore. He'll look at the phone. Right. So now it's becoming more of a of a thing. Like, all right, we're gonna put our
1: phones away until he goes to sleep or something, or turn our TVs off. Yeah, with us, I mean, because it's it you don't realize what what effects it has, like uh you know on the small minds you know like they see what's going on they hear the noise so they're yeah. they're constantly sort of stimulated and gravitating towards that but you know we don't see that i guess because we're so used to it in our in our entire adult lives but yeah, yeah i mean it's, it's better just to to sort of balance that out where they're where they're not uh you know reliant on those things for entertainment and all yeah
0: that. um so how can someone um
1: who wants to help out and you said uh hate dot net That's a place they can go. So, yeah, I mean, um, so uh, our organization, once again, is called the Council on American Islamic Relations of Arizona. So that's CARE, C A I R dash A Z dot org. If you want to find out more information about that or if you want to donate as well, we are always open to uh, receiving those tax deductible donations. We're a 501c3. And then our side project is called Hate Hurts, uh, hatehurts.net. And so, yeah, if you ever, um, you ever. Need a resource for finding out more about what's going on or if you have any information about, uh, you know, receiving hate or anything like that, you know, we're, we're a resource for the community as well. So, um, you know, yeah, definitely visit those websites and, uh, you know, visit us on social media like our Facebook page. Um, and that's really a really good way to to stay, stay connected, you know, mm-hmm. belonging to our email list or our Facebook page. We can sort of keep you up to date on, on what's going on with our community.
0: For sure. Do you, do you want to share where your uh, coffee shop is and the
1: name? Yeah, it's uh, Where You Bean Coffee. It's on uh, 48th uh, Street and Chandler Boulevard. So awesome. it's in Ahwatukee, So Yeah. Yeah, so awesome. if you're in the area, uh, you know, visit us. You know, we'll be happy yeah. to, to have you there.
0: Yeah, awesome. I
1: drink like 15 cups of coffee a day. Yeah. <laughs> so high-end premium <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Awesome. Bless you. Thank
0: you, uh, thank you for doing this. Yeah, appreciate it. so much. It. Thanks for having me. Yeah.